A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God. Amen. Um, I just want to first um, make a slight correction. I think Pastor David meant to say next week, I think, right? Next week for the congregational meeting. Just want that out there. It's really important for us uh, to take part. So if you are a member of our church and you're baptized, uh, we expect you to, we really do have the expectation for you to come and join us. Uh, this is a huge thing for us. As I, if you did a um, membership class with me, you know I have emphasized that, that um, that's one of your duties as a church member. So that's next Sunday, um, August 30th. All right. If you don't know how to do it, you have to search and seek and try to find out. We really need you to be part of that. All right, with that said, um, uh, hopefully that's the only announcements I have. Um, oh, I do have another thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, oh, yeah it's, uh, it's been a rough week for me. <laughs> uh, Pastor David, you, it was a rough week last week, right? Uh, yeah, for him, it was like a rough week. He had a pretty good week this week, and, and then now it's my turn. So uh, are you ready? Okay, yeah. Are you ready over there? Okay, we got some nods over there. Very good. All right. I uh, hope you're already at home as well uh, as you're doing worshiping virtually. Let me start with prayer. Father, I thank you uh, for giving us your children, um, whether we are here on site or when we are, or we are virtually worshiping you. Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to your children, God. Lord, I pray that, that I would be hidden and, Lord, that you would be very present uh, in the lives of your children, that they would hear your message, uh, that they would be encouraged, that they would be uplifted, that they would know that you are the Lord and Savior over all of this earth. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. The title is The Shepherd and His Sheep in the Shadow. The Shepherd and His Sheep in the Shadow. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Okay, so when I uh, read the Bible, uh, I am just so convinced. I, I, am, I am convinced that the Word of God speaks more truth than what the news and the media covers every day. Amen? Right? Speaks more truth than the news and the media covers every day. And you might say that that's an obvious statement, right? That's pretty obvious. But I say this to you because I see more people reading the news than reading the Bible. Yes. Yeah. Many of us are listening to the, the media more than listening to the Word of God. And that's not an amen to say, right? It's not an amen. But it's a truth. We look for truths and facts searching Google rather than searching his word. And I am reminded of what Jesus once said in Luke chapter 6. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does my word is like a man building his house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Is what he says. You know this parable. You do. And I said this in the 
past tense. Jesus once said, but I hear him so clearly in the present tense. Jesus is saying to us, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Jesus says that hearing and doing his word, hearing and doing his word is like laying the foundation on the rock. The foundation. And that means, if that's what he's saying, whatever we are hearing, whoever we are hearing, that's becoming our foundation. That is our foundation, what we are hearing. And that makes a lot of sense. We grew up, or I grew up, listening to mom and, my mom and dad. That's my foundation. That's my root. It's very true. And Jesus says, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without what? A foundation. Without a foundation. I'm surprised our praise team today, uh, uh, one of the songs was Firm Foundation. I didn't ask you to do that, right? And what happened? How did you know? It must be the Holy Spirit. Amen? It has to be. <laughs> this, is, this is very strange. Actually, even the fourth or sixth grade ministry, uh, the sermon today is uh, Deep Foundation. The foundation. And without a foundation, it might be fine for a little while, it might look fine, but when the storm hits, right, when the storm breaks through, that house is going to sink and fall apart. If the Word of God, if Jesus is not our foundation, then I want to say clearly, we have no foundation. Everything else is not really a foundation. It's something that we call a foundation, it's not. And a house without a foundation or a foundation failure, we call that house what? Condemned. That's what we call it. A condemned house. Not my words, but what the county inspector would say. A condemned house. The world we are living in right now is being shaken. This world. It looks like it's falling apart. That's the world we live in. The virus, this coronavirus, this pandemic, has literally paralyzed our society. Our society is on a standstill at this very moment. We see the businesses are closing. Many, if not already, have closed. The economy, you know it and I know it, is terrible. The stock market is going crazy. It's like a roller coaster ride, up and down. The last time I checked on the line, online, it was like 40 plus million people who are unemployed, and that's just in the United States. 40 million plus people unemployed, do not have work right now, cannot make the money to, to, bring, the home, to bring home their bread, right? 40 million plus people. Social order, civil order out the window. The police lost our trust. The politicians want to defund the police. Rioting and looting, anarchy taking over our cities and our streets. Sexuality, racial identity, haywire. Fatherlessness is constantly, even more so right now, on the rise. All these COVID babies are being aborted. Thousands and thousands of babies being aborted. And what we thought to be foundational, what we thought to be foundational, our social structure, our family structure, our family unit, our economic structure, and even our religious 
structure are all being shaken, if not already falling. The world is falling apart. And you know what? This should not be a surprise to us. It should not be a surprise to those who, are, who know the Word of God. It's not a surprise because the Bible has been speaking on this very clearly and loudly ever since the beginning. We are falling, and we call it the fall with the capital F. Ever since sin entered into this world, the world was and is on the path toward destruction. And I don't think anybody here, as I just said to you right now, what I just said, anyone here would argue against that, that the world is getting worse and not better. I don't think anyone would argue against me on that. Listen, when Adam, Adam fell into sin, he did not fall from heaven. I think a lot of people misunderstand that. When Adam fell into sin, he didn't fall from heaven, he fell from earth. The earth has been cursed with sin. Right? And all the problems and all the issues that we have today, it all traces back to, it all springs up from the fall of Adam. Amen? It's true. That's the foundation that this entire world has been building on. The fallenness of man, the fall, sin, is what this entire world has been built on. And ever since Adam fell, God had a plan from the beginning to restore his children, and not only to restore his children, don't lose me, but to restore this earth, right? And that's why Jesus teaches us clearly, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come where? On this sinful earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth. And so, when we understand that, the answer, capital A, to all of our problems is what? The one and only solution, only solution, that God has for us today in our, what we're going through right now, was that God sent his one and only son, Jesus. Where? Down into this fallen world. To do what? To die on the cross for the sin and sins of mankind, to spill his holy and divine blood on this earth, onto the ground, to restore the foundation. He was buried in a tomb, in the ground, to restore this world from the inside out, the foundation of his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So what? Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. Amen? Right? It's so simple. It's so dumb. Right? That is foolishness to the world. Jesus is the answer to our problems. And look, if you're not sure how this can be true, right now you're sitting there and you're at home, well, how could that be true? Then let me, tell, let me give you a suggestion. Go to him. <laughs> Ask him. Ask Jesus. Read your word. Read his word. Don't trust me and what I'm saying to you this morning. Come to Jesus personally and get to know Jesus. Amen? 
right? When you get to know him, you're having these questions. Don't ask some other third party. Ask him. Because if you do not know who he is, there is no way you can know who you are. That's why this world is confused. Stay with me. Hope you're not falling asleep already. That's why this world is lost, right? They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. Their foundations are being shaken of what they thought they were standing on was solid is being shaken at this moment. Confusion. When the storm came hitting this world, they did not know who to turn to. Stay, right? They didn't know who to turn to. And if we don't know who to turn to, then it's no surprise who you are turning to. If we're not glorifying God, then we're glorifying our problems. If we're not worshiping Jesus, then we are worshiping Satan. Am I being too extreme? Does that sound a little crazy to you? Take a look at ourselves. Take a look at ourselves. Who are we listening to? Listen to yourself. What do you talk about every single day? You may not be saying it explicitly, but we are actually giving all the glory to the devil. We are crying about the greatness of our enemy. We complain about this and we cry about that. My family is in trouble. My business is going down. My health is not so well. My child is going crazy. My life is falling apart. And we forgot all about my Lord is, right? My, my family is. My business is. My health is. My child is. My life is. We forgot about who my Lord is. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When we are focused on our problems, fear will overtake us. Anxiety will devour us. Worries will fill us. But when we know who he is, then I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I can say to the devil, and I can say to the enemy, I will fear no evil because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Not was, not will be. The Lord is my shepherd. Not maybe, not might be, not hope to be. The Lord is my shepherd right now, this day, and forevermore. Amen? Listen, he is my shepherd, right? He is my shepherd. My shepherd. Do you understand that? You can't get to me. You can't mess with me because the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. And when I think about that, that the Lord is my shepherd, when David says the Lord is my shepherd, when I think about that, that blows my mind. It does. Think about it. The almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God allows himself to be mine. He is mine. He is my shepherd. And maybe this is a cultural thing, like I'm from, like I'm Korean, maybe this is a cultural thing, I don't know. Or maybe because I see the nonsensical notion behind this, what David is really saying when I think about it. But how can I, who is nothing in comparison to the Almighty God, how can I, who is but only his creation, his creature, say that God is mine? Mine. Personal. It's a possession. 
God Almighty is mine? If anything, I am his. Right? I am his. He can do as he pleases. He can do what he wants. He is God Almighty. He is Lord. But he allows me to proclaim here on this earth, in my life, to proclaim with my lips, the Lord is mine, my personal shepherd. I am his, and he is mine. Amen. Yeah, you, gotta, you, can't, hear it through, you can't hear today's message uh, through this. You hear it through this, you're going you're gonna to just leave empty. Yeah, here through here. Right? And it's no wonder David uses the metaphor of God being his shepherd. Why? Because David was a shepherd. Right? That's what David was. David was, as you know, the eighth son of Jesse. He was the youngest of his brothers, the Magne. And he did not get recognition from his family, as we would think as a mangne, as the youngest, that he might get a lot of love. That's not what we read in the Bible. He was often overlooked. He felt rejected by his own older brothers. He felt like he was excluded by his dad and his dad's plan for them, plans for them. He felt like he was kind of left out. Being a shepherd was not a glamorous job. It's not actually, it is a very lowly job. And it's a lonely job. It's, it's work that no one else wants to do. That's why you tell your little brother to go and do it, right? And it can be also a dangerous job as well. And as David cared for the sheep, he cared for them. How? As he cared for his own life, right? This is, this is David. He saw himself in these sheep, right? He saw himself like, I need to take care of these guys. David knew each and every one of his sheep He's seen every one of those, those sheep as they were a lamb coming out from its mother's womb. He had a very close, intimate relationship with his sheep. He protected them as he laid down his own life before wolves and lions who came to devour these sheep. And so you can see the metaphor, right, of the shepherd and his sheep all throughout today's psalm, Psalm 23. To David, he was a sheep before God. And God, being his shepherd, is the perfect metaphor to explain who God is in David's life. Right? That's the perfect metaphor for David to explain his relationship with God. The Lord is a shepherd for the sheep. But for you and me today, as I just read this to you, and a lot of you are like, okay, yeah, 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 we know that. Mm, it's just going through your mind. But for you and me today, this might not be the best metaphor, right? It isn't to explain our relationship with God. I don't think we have anybody here today and probably who are watching through, uh, worshiping with us and watching through the vir virtually. I don't think we have anyone who's a shepherd, a shepherding sheep, anyone? Anyone shepherding sheep? Oh, 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 no. Nobody does that. And so, it might be a little hard for us to understand this metaphor. Yeah, we, we understand it here, but it might be a little hard, difficult for us to really feel it in our hearts. Right? And we know it, but we feel it in our hearts. But that's okay. Because God does not just reveal himself as the shepherd. It's very hard to explain who God is. Why? Because God is 
spirit. And so God himself, he reveals himself through his word in ways we can understand. Amen? Are you with me? Listen, the Lord is the shepherd for his sheep. The Lord is manna from heaven for the hungry. What do you think? The Lord is water from the rock for the thirsty, right? The Lord is fire and cloud in the desert, remember? He is the father to the fatherless. He is the rock for the sinking. He is the light for those who are blind. He is the anchor for my soul. He is the king, the judge, the deliverer. He is the refuge for the runaway. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is who he is because he is the I am that I am. You see that? And for you to understand who he is, he came down from heaven and he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness like you and me so that we could understand? No, so that we could feel it, so that we could really feel it. He came wrapped in flesh, despised and rejected, oppressed and afflicted. He was pierced for yours and my transgressions crushed for iniquities all we like sheep have gone astray and the lord laid on him the iniquity of us all jesus took upon all of our sins and he laid his own life down to save us from eternal damnation and hell amen right and that jesus is saying i am the good shepherd he says it himself, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. If you're a sheep, you got to say amen. amen. That's right. He laid down his life for the sheep. In the midst of a fallen world, a world that is falling apart today, it sure seems like we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Doesn't it? It does. In the valleys. What is a valley? It is where predators roam. It is where uh, this carnivorous, right? They're, they're about to, they're looking for prey, are looking around in the valley. Valley is where so you're surrounded by mountains and cliffs that surround you. It is where possibly the flo it floods when it rains. And darkness seemed to prevail over us in the valley. But how? How does David go from singing about the Lord is my shepherd and he shall not want and he's lying down in green pastures and being led to still waters and his soul is being restored and he is led in paths of righteousness. Beautiful picture, right? Beautiful. Then all of a sudden, David ends up Walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What happened? Did David go astray? Did David, like sheep, lose his way? No. Absolutely not. At least not here. At least not in this psalm. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, stay with me, is part of the paths of righteousness. Do you see it? If you have your word before you, you would know what you can see. It. From verse 3 to verse 4, there is no break. 
between verse 3 and verse 4 as it might show in your Bible, right? Verse 3 and it's kind of cut. You see a little space in verse 4. In my Bible, that's what it looks like. There is no break. In other words, the shepherd is with his sheep as they go through the valley of the shadow of death. And I know that for a fact because David says it himself. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Yes. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But why does the shepherd lead us to go through the valley of the shadow of death? Why? And that answer is so simple. <laughs> it's so easy. It's an age-old joke that you all know. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. Yeah. Amen? To get to the other side. It's so true. In the midst of a fallen world, it's full of valleys, right? What do you think? It's long, long valleys. I don't have to convince you on that, that it's valleys. You feel it. And you see it all the more today because of this pandemic and all the things that I mentioned to you of what our world is going through. But the children of God, those who have Jesus as their shepherd, we are just like my son and daughter. My son and daughter. When we go somewhere where they, do not, where they, don't, they don't feel comfortable, where they might feel a little scared or they feel uh, sheepish, <laughs> sheepish and shy, we would hold hands, right? And as I lead them through, you know what they do? They would often look up, right? They, they, they look up to me. Often, they would look up as they're going through as they, and wondering if this is okay to see if everything is all right. And as their dad, when I look down, what do I do? I don't look at them. I just go. Strong, confident, just the face. Sometimes I'm scared too. Right? <laughs> confident. I don't want them to know, right? Confident. Security. Right? Look at the passage. The, what does it say right after that? The shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of the enemy. Wow. Do you see that? Do you, do you see the image? They're going through the valley of the shadow of death. And then the shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Wow. And so I will fear no evil. For Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation of the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been built very well. The foundation of the world is crumbling. Sadly, it's crumbling. But the rock of salvation stands forever. Jesus Christ. Amen. David wrote in Psalm 11, very eye-opening too. I was debating on this 
Oh, Psalm 11, Psalm 11, no, Psalm 23. Psalm 11. He says, right in the middle of the psalm, he says, if the foundations are destroyed, he's talking about the foundations of his world. If the foundation of this world are destroyed, he writes, he sings, what can the righteous do? Who are the righteous? Us, right? God's people. We are righteous, right? What can the righteous do? What are we to do if the foundations of the world are destroyed? What are we supposed to do right now? Don't you want to know? Because I know a lot of us have been questioning that. What are we supposed to do right now? This is the application part for you. And I never give you application, but I'm going to give it to you today. This is application. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. All right. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> it's so good. What are we to do? What are the righteous to do? The last verse of Psalm 11. The upright, oh, the righteous, okay, God's children shall behold his face. Shall behold his face. That's it. Psalm 11. Read it for yourself when you go home. His friends, his advisors come to him. What do we do? What do we do? We need to go hide. Psalm 11. David, the last part of the psalm, he says, The upright, God's children, shall behold his face. Look up to him. Look up to him. Look up to him. As we go through the valley of the shadow of death. In a book I read titled, Have Faith Without Fear. It's a good book written by Kenneth Wilson. He tells us his personal story about when he was a young boy. And I'm done right after this, okay? So praise him whenever you want to get ready. And it was, when it was time to sleep, his dad would come to his room to read him a story. And when his dad uh, left, right, to go to sleep, he would be scared because of the dark. Just like a lot of kids, my kids. And so one night after his dad read him his bedtime story, his dad asked him, his dad said to him, hey, would you rather I leave the light on and go downstairs? Would you rather leave, I leave the light on and go downstairs or turn the light off and stay with you for a while? What do you think he said? This is what he wrote. I chose presence with darkness over absence with light. Presence with darkness over absence with light. Isn't that what we really want most in our valleys? The assurance that someone is there. That's what he writes, end quote. Jesus is with you. Just as Psalm 11, David said at the end of his Psalm 11, look to Jesus as our shepherd and his sheep as we go through the shadows. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you, God, that even though we, we are in the midst of this very dark time, that, Lord, that you had already 
sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, for the solution of our problems even today. And when the world, though the world might not see it that way, God, I pray that all of your children, as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, that we may hold tight, that we may hold and squeeze tight the rock of our salvation. Lord, I pray that the foundations that we build is not the foundation, the foundations of this world, the foundations of man. I pray, God, that we would be firmly founded, firmly grounded on the word of God, Jesus Christ. Lord, it, look, it sounds so simple to be true, but it's so true. So I pray, Lord, every single one of us here and those who are right now watching virtually at their home, Lord, I pray every single one of your sheep flock together, God, together, Lord, and to be able to walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, that we shall fear no evil, for you are with us, not only today, but forevermore. Lord, help us to hold on to that promise, know the truth in our lives, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. And help us, Lord, to walk through it, knowing, God, as we look up to you, as we look up to you, that we may walk in confidence and assurance, knowing, God, that even though the enemy might be roaring in our face, that we shall not be shaken, because we know who we are, because we know who he is, that we are the sons and daughters of God. And so, Father, I want to thank you, for you are our shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, we follow you. In Jesus' name I pray.